All right, we're back with another week with It's Matt, It's Rob. We got a lot of hot topics for you. We're going to start off right off the top. A lot of things have been on people's minds with COVID. Obviously, it's still dominating the news. The U.S. sucks with COVID. I don't think there's any way you can slice that up unless you're President Trump or the rest of the GOP. But there's a uh, a, a specific representative, Louis Gomert, Gomert, who he got coronavirus recently. He claims that wearing the mask was the cause of it because touching his face to make the mask more comfortable is giving him coronavirus, despite the fact that stats have shown that contact with coronavirus isn't really the way that it mainly spreads. It's definitely just um, the projectiles from speaking, those spit droplets, stuff like that. His daughter says he's an idiot. Um, Other representatives have gotten coronavirus probably because of him, including Raul Grigilova. Do you know how to say his, his name, the Arizona representative? I actually cheated on this and watched a video where they pronounced his name and it's Grijalva. Grijalva. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Reading it now. Um, he says he tested positive for coronavirus probably because this Louis Gomert held a, uh, a forum or whatever they have while he was fully coronavirus up, didn't give a shit, didn't wear a mask, complete asshole. Um, how can we possibly expect our leaders to lead us through the coronavirus when they clearly have no idea what's going on? That is a great question. And one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is if you are somebody who doesn't believe in science or for whatever motivation you have are speaking out against science and scientists Shouldn't that fundamentally disqualify you from holding a public office? It's it's insanity. I mean, I don't understand where these people who are supposed to be the leaders of our society and they get all of the stats. Like I just read the pieces that I read online and I'm not I'm not one of those people that reads from one side or the other. I try and get a wide berth. I read Fox, I read MSNBC, I read everything in between. I even read Breitbart, which is crap all of the time just to see different people's outcomes. But all the stats, the actual hard stats you see are like, oh yeah, this is a big fucking problem. This is how you get it. This is how you stop it. And one of the biggest things you can do is just wear a fucking mask. It's nonsensical. Yeah, at this point, we've seen so many other countries now deal with it and they've dealt with it in the same way. One of the things that I loved was there were a bunch of statements coming out from uh, political leaders in Germany who were saying, oh, yeah, our most effective measures came from all the research done in the U.S. So it's not like these other countries like have access to this information <laughs> that like they're going off our information. They're they're doing what we're saying to do. And our political leaders just aren't listening to it because they are cheaply pandering to a group of people uh, at the expense of the health of everyone else. And I really loved what, uh, I'm not sure if you read Grijalva's statement, but I think that's worth reading on the podcast because it's just so amazing. I have it up here now. Uh, yeah. 
I'll, I'll go over it. I'll, you know, sort of break it down line by line. He opens it up by saying, while I cannot blame anyone directly for this, first of all, great way to open because immediately we know he is absolutely blaming someone directly for this. Yes. Yes. I love that because <laughs> it's super passive aggressive, but he's definitely looking at someone in that room while making that statement. I love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, obviously we know it's, it's Gomer and yeah. uh, you know, with the pronunciation there at the beginning, you went back and forth between Gomer and Gomer. I kind of like referring to him as Gomer. You know, because Rudy Gobert was the the first public figure who really did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I think for the sake of, you know, for the rest of this conversation, I'm going to refer to him as Louis Gomer because I think it's appropriate and fitting. I agree. Let's roll forward with that. So so obviously he's referring to Louis Gomer uh, and he continues. Well, I cannot blame anyone directly for this. This week has shown that there are some members of Congress who fail to take this crisis seriously. Numerous Republican members routinely strut around the Capitol without a mask to selfishly make a political statement at the expense of their colleagues, staff, and families. All right, stop right there, because that is the most absurd thing, because I have personally seen that in very Republican settings around where I live, and it's, it's, you wear a mask inside these grocery stores in these towns that are more Republican, And you're ostracized and it's terrible because you're like, I'm trying to protect you. And what I am doing is not crazy. I am merely putting a mask. I'm putting a piece of fabric that might have two or three plies and it with loops around my ears. And that's it. That's all it takes. And it's mildly uncomfortable for the 10 minutes that I will be around other people and then as soon as I get back outside away from other people and in my car, I can just rip that thing off and be totally comfortable and know that I didn't hurt anyone else around me, or at least at the very least did my part to not hurt anyone else around me. The fact that people are just like, oh, you're just trying to like make America into like Islam and blah, blah, blah. It's what the fuck is wrong with people on that one? It's really mind blowing. And all of those people have the same exact attitude, which is why I really wanted to highlight Grijalva's use of the word strut, because it is perfect. That is exactly how these people walk around without a mask. Mm -hmm. They strut. Mm -hmm. They've got their head held high and they're just spewing germs into the air with their nonsense. And they're so proud of it. And it's like, you can absolutely imagine how Gomer was conducting himself throughout the halls of Congress based on his use of the word strut. It's just so spot on. And then, and so then he goes on to say, uh, you know, obviously I'm pleased that speaker Pelosi has mandated the use of masks of the Capitol to keep members and staff safe from those looking to score quick political points, which again, you know, just like we were talking about, these people are like, it's, it's cheap pandering. You know, they're like, Oh, like, you know, we're making a stance against, you know, fascism or communism or like, it's, it's like, it's asinine. Yeah. It's very asinine. You see stuff online where it's like, Oh, wearing a mask is like being led by the Democrats and the liberal media. You're just being led astray. You're just a puppet. You're just a sheep for everyone else. And it's like, no, like, Just take one quick look at the studies that show there's a million studies out there that show how much, how far a simple sneeze 
carries without a mask, how much it carries with a single ply mask, how much it carries with like a medical grade mask and how much it carries with N95 and so on and so forth. It's not a hard topic to grasp. It's we're dealing with a situation that has clearly impacted everyone, all of these small businesses. And I want the small businesses to reopen. And you know what the best way to do that is? To wear a mask, shut the fuck up, wait until we get a vaccine, or we're at a point where everyone is relatively immune, which is not going to happen anytime soon and is not realistic to expect. But we just need to wear a mask, be respectful of other people around us, and move forward slowly. And everyone just trying to reopen and be like, oh, like, I can have my hair salon open. I have all these safety precautions. I don't wear masks. Fuck the Democrats is an idiot. And I'm not saying like all the Democrats are fucking geniuses. Clearly not. Like there's a lot of Democrats that are idiots who are pandering as well. But I think the Democrats are the right side of this debate. And I don't think there's any, I don't think I would love to hear anyone debate the other side of that. I think generally when you are having a debate and on one side of that debate, is science. It, I really, it really shouldn't be a debate. You know, there's debate within the scientific community, but when, you know, the scientific community generally agrees on something, it seems like that should sort of be the end of the argument. And, you know, again, what Grijalva said, you know, they're making a political statement at the expense of their colleagues, staff, and their families. It perfectly encapsulates what I call the anti-maskers are doing. It is cheap pandering to uh, what my sister would uh, describe as low information voters. Yeah. Well, why, why are these people low information voters? Why? I feel like if Trump really wanted to win the election, which is now where I've totally flipped. And I think that uh, Biden's going to win despite all of Biden flaws, which there are many and we can discuss later on, but why does Trump continue to have this narrative when I think he can get those low information voters to believe in the mask with a simple tweet, with a simple statement in front of the front yard, he could have, he could have been clearly winning this election months ago. And I think he blew it for himself by being so terrible on this topic. But do you, why do you think he's, he's so anti-science? I think you have to really go back to January when this really first popped onto the radar and he had to react to it. And I think you've seen there have been a number of reports of, you know, inside White House officials. And obviously, you've got to take those with a grain of salt because who knows who was saying what for what reason. But there was this sort of very believable idea floated out there that Trump's reaction to the coronavirus in January was basically, let's ignore it and hope it goes away and not test people. Because if we test people and there start being positive cases, that's going to hurt my chances of reelection. And I think everything that he has done up until this point has been based off of that. That's why he dragged his feet through February into March. That's why we had to shut down because the government at a federal level was pretending that it wasn't happening rather than, you know, going all in. The the sad reality is if that Trump just went all in on his sort of, you know, 
nationalist viewpoints and said back in January, you know, we're going to shut the country down. We're not going to let anyone in. Yeah. You, you know, we, we would probably be in a better place right now in terms of dealing with this virus. But he made the decision. He had a very, you know, he focuses primarily on himself. And he w- his thought was, if I test people, positive cases hurts my chances of reelection. Therefore, no tests. And everything that he has done since then has been with that mindset. And that's why he's going against the masks. Because well, here's, and- the, here's the thing. If it all started back in January, which I think you're 100% correct. I think you have a great fucking outlook on that. Where if he would have just said in January, hey, I'm all about shutting down the borders. We see a problem. Let's shut it fucking down. And the very second that he didn't take that opportunity to shut down the borders, which was his like modus operandi, like with the border wall, this and that. I mean, that was his opportunity to be like, oh, there's like reason to shut down the border. Yeah. And he would have come out as right on that side because he would have like that would have been while a lot of Democrats at the time, a lot of like liberal media would have said, oh, he's racist, this and that. Like that was the right move at the time. But he didn't take it. And it's nonsensical that he didn't take it at the time because he wanted to keep the economy going, which there's a lot of studies that show that like the economy, it's not because of the last year or two. It's because of the last five or six years. That's the reason that it's going in a certain direction up or down. Well, I think Um, I think the irony is if Trump, you know, went all in right on the viewpoint that was sort of his calling card when he got elected, which is. We're going to shut down the borders. They're coming for you, Matt. Look out. Uh, we're, going to shut, we're going to shut down the borders. You know, everyone should wear masks because we don't know who has this disease, right? You could easily see him being pro-mask and playing into the, you know, the racist paranoia. And that would have been scientifically, you know, he would have been doing the, the right things from, uh, you know, managing the virus. Uh, and, and the outcome would have been totally different. And he, you're right. I, he probably would have been reelected and it would have made the Democrats who, uh, you know, called him a racist back in January. And I think, you know, they were, I think they were right. I'm, I think that, you know, Trump probably, you know, had racist motivations for doing the yes. things that he did. Uh, yes. even though if what he did was technically the right thing. So, you know, there's sort of both sides of that conversation. <laughs> it would have definitely been racist. The reason he did it would have been racist, but it still would have been the right move, which is just, a yeah, tough right move, swallow. right move, wrong reason. And if he, yeah, just if he just made the right moves for the wrong reasons, it he would have had, uh, it would have been a you know he would have dealt with it successfully. He would have made the Democrats look really bad for criticizing him in January. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, Big and time. I think he would have won in a landslide. But instead, he had you know his focus in January was you know I don't want to test people because I don't want positive cases because that will hurt my chances of getting reelected. Uh, and, and now, I, and now his whole thing is, oh, we have more testing. That's why we have more positive cases, which yeah, it's just runs exactly contrary to everything he's said before, which is just funny. It's, it's just, it's sad to see the state of politics that we're in as a country that was supposed to be above this whole thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, you talked about the economic shutdown. I think the irony is if Trump went all in, if he started wearing a mask in January or, or maybe even February, 
right? We probably wouldn't have even needed to shut the economy down. If we were, you know, that if we were that proactive about it, you shut down the borders in January, we start wearing masks, you know, in January or February. Who knows, we maybe have, you know, may have been able to continue on without ever having to shut the economy down. But, you know, we were, you know, we've just been reacting to this from the yeah. very beginning. And that's the problem well, here. Here's the thing I think about that is that a lot of the rural areas that now are experiencing more of the, uh, they're more of the hotspots. Now your Texas is your Arizona It's not their rural, but there weren't the areas that were initially faced with coronavirus issues. Those are largely the people that if Trump had gotten on board with the masks early on, they would have just, they would have bought it right then and there. They would have been like, Oh Yeah. Let's wear a mask. We're helping the people. Da, 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 like that whole thing. And the Democrats who and the liberals out there who more believe in science and fact would have worn it anyways, just kind of just because it's like, all right, well, like clearly this is the right thing to do. And you would have had like yeah. 99% of saying. Yeah. You would have had 99% of people wearing masks out there. And we probably would have had, I don't know, maybe. 50% less deaths. I don't, I don't have the stats of that in front of me, but we would have had a lot less deaths, a lot less cases and a lot more of a head start for the vaccine companies to come out with a vaccine before, you know, we had to shut down the country because so many people weren't wearing, wearing masks. We had to stop all leisure activities because people weren't wearing masks. And now that things are starting to reopen, people are just, I feel like the issue is that we kind of took a half measure through the spring, through the winter when the weather wasn't great. Now the weather's nicer. Things are trying to reopen when people would be outside anyways. And a lot of those people, especially in those areas that are more uh, Trump followers, shall we say, are just like, fuck it. Let's go out. I don't care. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to go to the parks. We're going to go to the gun range, whatever it is. Um, they're just spreading the disease with one another when it all could have just been solved in January. If Trump would have just simply said then, Hey, we got a problem. China's fucking us. Cause he loves shitting on China. China's sending a problem our way. We need to wear masks to stop China from infiltrating America. And it would have been done right there. Yeah. You go back to the low. You said that. You go back to the low information voters, right? And if you just give them a reason to be afraid of something, right? A reason that they can take it. Exactly. You know, you play into their racism and, and their paranoia and say, oh, you know, we've got this foreign virus coming. You got to wear a mask or else it'll get you. You know, they'll be like, ooh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, President Trump, you know, whatever you say. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's part of the irony too is, you know, one of the things that I don't think we talk enough about is uh, we're really facing uh, a war on multiple fronts in terms of, you know, countries like Russia and China and who knows how else, who else, uh, you know, flooding our social media sites and populating it with, you know, fake news and these ridiculous memes. And, you know, that gets in front of the boomers and then they start sharing it and retweeting it and believing all the fake information. And, and because Trump has, you know, he's created such uh, a visceral reaction to just news in general and facts. And he's created so much doubt as to what the facts are or aren't. It's made it just like uh, a war zone for 
anyone and everyone to come in and try to manipulate the low information voters in our country. And it's like there's a, a war being fought right now over, you know, stupid people, for lack of a better word. Well, it's just crazy how effective the, we'll just call them bad agents, wherever they're from, are at impacting the low information voters. The Democrats need to figure out, like, they can just, all they need to do is not say they're Democrat, hide behind some other sort of modicum, and just go after them, and just make it very clear that they're not liberal, they're not Democrat, because those people, they hate liberalism. They hate Democrats. If you're a Democrat, just don't mention you're a fucking Democrat, post this shit online, and just make it those viral Facebook things that get these people going. I, it, it's crazy how much Facebook really impacts these fucking morons considering Facebook is like the worst source of news. And people have known that for the last like seven years, 10 I years. Think, I think that you, that sentence went on a little long. I think you could have said Facebook is the worst end of sentence. Facebook. Sucks. Yeah. Facebook does suck. Remember back when like we were in high school and they would just change the Facebook UI every like 10 minutes. It was so infuriating. It's like you finally learn how to use Facebook and they change it. And you're like, you finally get over your hatred for the new changes they made to Facebook and they would change it again. We should have seen this coming from a mile away. They've sucked yeah. their entire time. Yeah. I don't, I, why, why do you think the boomers and like people who are 40 plus are so into Facebook? I mean, they were probably like, what, in their 20s when Facebook started? So I guess that's when they started their profiles and didn't advance beyond there. I don't understand why Facebook has this. Such... I never use it. It sucks. It's, if you it's were worthless. 20, if you were 20 when Facebook came out, would that make you a boomer? When I think of boomers, I think of people who are like, you know, 30 or 40 when Facebook came out. But also, I'm a lot older now. So maybe that's just me becoming a boomer slowly over time. And like, you know, it's like, you know, high school feels like it was like two years ago and it was actually like a decade ago. So I don't know. Is that really how old boomers were when Facebook came out? Were they 20? Um, I mean, if boomers were, they were probably close to 30 based on what you're saying, but Facebook came out like almost 20 years ago at this point. Yeah. 30 I mean, maybe Facebook sounds, came out. 30 might sound more right to be 30, 35 again, maybe pushing 40. I think what it is though, it's like, do you remember when MySpace came out and was like, oh my God, like MySpace is so cool. And like everyone flooded in MySpace and started using it. Like that's what boomers are going through with Facebook. Like they finally are sophisticated enough with their computers to like use Facebook and understand how it works. You know, like people our age, you know, we moved on from Facebook years ago. You know, the Gen Z, the TikTok generation, you know, they probably laugh at us for even having Facebooks. But for the boomers, it's like exciting new emerging technology. And yeah, but MySpace had like a two year reign for us. Like, my well, we could it's because we know how to use technology. We grew up in the technology generation. So we're able to pick these things up faster and then move on from them. You know, our parents didn't grow up with, you know, computers and cell phones. So to them, all that stuff is new and exciting and, or, or scary. So it just takes so, them longer to adapt to all of these these sites. So, so what you're saying is that Facebook just presented the easiest user, like the easiest interface for users to uh, utilize. What I think happened was Facebook 
became the most dominant social media platform. And it just grew so big in size that eventually even the boomers had to start using it. And it's just so big now that that's just where the boomers are. They haven't, you know, they haven't learned Twitter they can't yet. Advance. Yeah, exactly. They don't know, you know. Well, even Twitter's its own fucking, Twitter's a mess too in its own way, to be fair. Yeah. Well, Twitter is like a Russian bot breeding ground. It's like where they all live. I mean, yeah. do, are there any real people on Twitter anymore? I don't even know. No, it's, it, it's like probably 90% bots. And that's where kind of cancer culture crosses the whole thing with like these companies being like, Oh, like should we cancel all these sites? Should we cancel these opinions? It's it, where it's a really hard debate because I think we should have a, a infrastructure where we can talk about different viewpoints, but we should also make sure that the bots aren't present because the bots are the problem. The bots are where all of these low information voters and low information people and just fucking morons out there get their information because they just see this infograph that tells them exactly what they want to hear and they just run with it. But I don't like necessarily have a problem with someone on the Republican side like having a viewpoint. Like I want to have the discussion with someone. If someone came on here and was like, oh, I have a contrary view to like your guys outlook on the masks i would invite them on i would be very pro that happening so we can have a discussion about it and we can talk about it i have no problem with that but it's when it's just bullshit that's being spewed that's when there's a problem and how do you think that social media should combat that because i don't i don't have an answer for that yeah it's a good question i think clearly the problem is you know, as a social media site, how do you weigh free speech versus people intentionally sharing misinformation? And is do those two ideas conflict with each other? And you know, our country yeah. fundamentally, you know, it's a it's a capitalist society driven by private enterprise, and so based on the functions of those societies, it's our duty as individual citizens to say this is not what Twitter should be doing and therefore Twitter needs to change their practices or else we're going to migrate elsewhere. And right now well, Twitter doesn't do anything because they don't feel like, well, where are people going to go? I don't think necessarily Twitter should do anything. I think that people should take it upon themselves to investigate more than one source. I think that's the issue. You got people on the right, they listen to Fox News or Breitbart, and that's it. They only look at that for their source of news. And you have people on the left who, like, mind you, I'm not trying to say that, like, the left is a bad spot to be. Like, I'm more on the left. I'm more moderate than I think than a lot of people on the left. But I am willing to say that, like, hey, people on the left are wrong, too. We should have a discussion about the whole thing. That's where I think it gets muddy because people just don't want to have a discussion. It's it goes back to like that uncle at the dinner table who's a fucking moron and you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm going to tweet about my uncle who's an idiot." And it's like, "Oh, well you could just maybe talk with him and see where his viewpoints are and try and convince him otherwise." Well, instead of just calling think, him a moron. I, I mean, he might just tweet. be a moron, which is fine. Yeah, but if you have a fire tweet, I mean, you should send off that fire tweet. What if you go viral? That's the problem. That's it, exactly. That's the problem. People shouldn't be looking to go viral all the time. 
Well, I'm just saying, you know, maybe it's not mutually exclusive. You know, maybe you, you know, maybe you. There's send people off the wrong on both sides of the docket. Look at Nancy well, Pelosi and Chuck Schumer when they dressed up in African garb for their fucking photo op. That was embarrassing. That was racist. And no one called that out as racist when it was clearly them just pandering and being racist by wearing that and never mentioning it again for a photo op. That's fucking super racist. But yeah, that's that's uh, extremely awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. You know, how do you feel like the camera people feel like taking those photos? Everyone looking at it like, oh. Then you have the other side with Trump with the Bible when he had to walk in front of the cathedral in front of the White House where he's literally fucking like not shooting protesters, but like pretty much running them down with cars. That's their equivalent moves, in my opinion. They're both fucked up. Yeah, I think that there are definitely fundamental flaws in both sides. But if you look at this current point in U.S. history and human history, I think it's when you have to make a choice between the two parties at this stage, I think it's a no brainer. I mean, when you are, when when one choice is, you know, science and logic and, you know, the, you know, maybe not the intended principles of the founding fathers, but how we have sort of adapted them and internalized them uh, versus just like, I don't even know what how to describe the other side of anti-science, anti-logic, you know, uh, religious based decisions. I mean, that is just like a fun. That is something that I don't think it's talked about enough is, you know, the separation of church and state. And yet you have all these people. And why, why are, is there such a strong belief in religion and politics? One of the founding tenets of our government was separation of church and state. Yeah, that is, you want to talk about the right to bear arms, but you don't want to talk about separation of church and state. What the fuck is that? What we're supposed like religion, nothing to do with government. That was the idea. That was a fucking idea. And now here we are with the Republicans being like Catholics, Christians, good. Everyone else, terrible. Believe us. It's it's sickening. It's sickening. It is sad irony for sure. And I think those same people, right, who are behaving in ways that are so hilariously contrary to where the, the, you know, the early settlers were coming from, you know, those people are also at the same time, you know, in quotes, strict constitutionalists and these like hardcore Americans. Meanwhile, like, you know, Trump is doing things that run contrary to all of those things, right? Like I thought, yeah. I thought these were the like, don't tread on me people yet. They're celebrating Trump sending in like the national guard into Portland to kill all these protesters. Like it's makes no sense anymore. I thought these were people that believed in like state government, which I, is something that I think needs to be stronger. And I agree with a hundred percent, but these people are like, Oh, we have people protesting. Fuck them up. Unless there's something that I believe in. Let's go send the National Guard to fuck up these protesters. And I'm not saying that, like, like there's been some protesters about the Black Lives Matter movement that I think have gone too far. But sending the National Guard gives them ammunition to continue their destruction of property. 
Well, I think with any, you know, with any good social cause, you're always going to have people who hijack it. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there are people who are legitimately angry and protesting for legitimate reasons who maybe do end up, you know, breaking and destroying things. And obviously they shouldn't do that. But I think that what people are actually seeing for the most part and then trying to falsely tie to the Black Lives Matter movement is just these opportunists who are like, yep, you're 100% right. And I think that most, I would hope that most rational people can see that and they're like, okay, like, yes, there are some shitheads who, by the way, are probably white teenagers who are fucking throwing bricks through windows and shit. But like that has nothing to do. That doesn't take away from the message of, you know, the police shouldn't be killing innocent people, you know, especially innocent black people. Like, well, here's the thing. Unfortunately, there aren't enough people that are, people don't see that. It's either for so many people, it's black and white. Like, Oh, the Black Lives Matter movement is terrible because look at all these protesters that are looting and riding in the streets. When, like you said, a majority of them are probably like teenage white guys and gals, probably teenage white guys. Like, let's not, I can be fu- like, fuck, fuck teenage white guys because they're probably the biggest assholes out there outside of like rednecks. And I'm not, come at me. I don't care. I'll say that up and down. I will say left and right that I think the worst places to be are like middle America, white suburbia, where you just have the biggest assholes who are uninformed. And I have no problem saying that. If you have a problem with that, come at me. I'll fucking fight you over that. But they're the ones hijacking this whole thing. They're the ones that the news covers. And part of it is the news just covering these stories and not actually being like, hey, this is a minority of people that are bad actors. They are just taking advantage of a situation to loot and riot. Meanwhile, there's a real problem going on that we are finally for the first time being awoken to. That is police brutality is rampant. The police have absolutely no control above them. They can do whatever the fuck they want, essentially. And that's not okay. That is not the country that our forefathers signed up for 200 years ago. And we need to fix that now. I am not saying that there shouldn't be a police because very clearly we need to have some sort of law enforcement system because there's going to be bad actors. If we had a perfect society where everyone just acted on good, we'd be fine. We wouldn't need police. That would, that'd be fine. We could abolish the police. I'd be fine with that. But there's very clearly always going to be bad actors where we need people that are controlling the assholes. Yeah, I think if you talk about, like, what do you want out of a law enforcement officer, right? It seems like that person should be, you know, somebody who's held in high regard, is considered like a role model. Their job is Mm -hmm. to enforce mm-hmm. and uphold the law they should mm-hmm. be it should be such a difficult position to attain and yet it feels so easy to attain so it's like there's a mismatch between the importance and the responsibility that comes with that job and the people that we're giving that job to and well, i think just, the i think this just speaks to an overall fundamental failure by our government 
at a federal level. And one of the, yeah. you know, you t- brought up the state government. You know, I am really relieved, you know, where I am, because I think our governor did a great job at dealing with the virus and was very conservative and Marty Walsh is your uh is your mayor who's uh the governor it's uh Charlie Baker Charlie Baker that's right yes and Charlie Baker is a Republican uh who although a lot of people would say he's Republican in name only what's the uh, rhino yes people especially Trump supporters love calling him a Democrat and it's hilarious I don't really know how Baker I think he's pretty popular in uh, here, but like the Democrats are like, I hate him because he's, you know, too conservative and the Trump supporters hate him because he's basically a Democrat. And like, for the most part, he's, you know, he's just made very level headed, reasonable decisions. He's been very calculated. You know, yeah. we've, we've opened up very slowly. We were one of the last States to open up. Uh, and as a result, you know, obviously I don't feel like super safe, but I feel much safer than I did, you know, back in, in April, or, and I'm sure how safe people feel in Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida, I mean, Rob, or Rob, Ron DeSantis, whatever DeSantis, he, if anyone that voted, anyone that votes for him is clearly a moron because he didn't do anything to protect you. Imagine living in Florida and your governor spent months openly mocking coronavirus and challenging it to basically come out and wipe out your entire state, guaranteeing that pro sports were going to happen, inviting all the pro sports teams and college teams to come down to Florida, and then to see what's happening now. It's like, you know, it, it's like the, the Louis Gomer situation. You know, it's like, how big of an idiot can you be and get reelected? All right, that is the end of the first half of the episode. We're going to jump back in with you on Wednesday with part two. Going to talk a little bit of NBA bubbles, MLB issues, and some other stuff like that. Pretty COVID-heavy podcast, but I think it was a really good chat with myself and Rob. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at Another Week With. Love you guys.